You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's interview is part of Radio WNET's project on the Bucharest 9, the countries of NATO's eastern flank. Our guest is Alar Karis, President of Estonia. Political Periscope I have a picture in front of me of you, Mr. President, and five presidents during your visit to Kyiv. What did you think while being in Kyiv and meeting with President Zelensky? Yeah, well, yes, we, um, we have been there many times already. Some of the presidents have been twice in, in Kyiv before the war actually started, and now maybe three uh, three weeks ago we went uh, we went together to uh, to visit president again and to see and to look at all these horrors you you could see in um, suburbs of kiev and in other places so it's uh, it was a trip uh, to um, to talk to president to support president to support ukrainian people as well as being uh, being a witness of all these uh, crimes against humanity and uh, against civilian kids and and women so this was the purpose of our visit last time Estonia, Estonia obviously Estonia supports Ukraine Estonian aid is more than 200 million dollars yes that's correct I mean uh, I'm the same with Poland I mean, Poland has been very supportive to Ukraine and and the same with Estonia. So we are we were really opened opened up our as well as our doors and, and hearts and uh, there are so many volunteers also working uh, to support Ukraine. But yes, military support is important. This is something Zelensky has been asking all the time. And we started to um, give them already before this uh, phase of uh, war started, giving the javelins, anti-duck missiles and, and other things. So it's Altogether, it's something like one third of our military budget or yearly budget. And there was no doubt among Estonian politicians to get involved in defending Ukraine. No, not really. I mean, uh, everybody was supporting this uh, this idea because we we all know what the occupation means, and we have been uh, telling to the whole Europe already for something like thirty years that. Uh, we should be careful with our our big neighbor and uh, something might might happen which we don't want to to happen we are trying to imagine how this war should end according to you mr president how will it end well the end should be that we uh, we get back or ukrainians get back the, the land i mean uh, integrity of a country is important that means a ceasefire is not the end of war so there should be a, uh, a peace treaty at the end of this war. When it's going to happen, we don't know. But uh, as I said, we have to support as much as possible um, to, to end this war in Ukraine, because it's not only war in Ukraine, it's also, it's also our war. It's against the Western world, against uh, democracy. So uh, this is important for, uh, for all of us. And do you imagine an end to the war with Putin with some sort of agreement? Or will this war only end when the Russian regime collapses? 
Well, is it Putin or any, anybody else? I, I can't say, but uh, there should be a treaty. And, but I don't see that uh, Putin is willing to write down or put a signature to any treaty at the moment because uh, the war is still going on and he's, he's not willing to end this war. So um, we have to wait. Maybe there's going to be a new regime, uh, but this is something we can't predict at the moment. Poland, Estonia, Western countries are doing everything to make sure Ukraine wins the war with Russia. But what happens if Ukraine loses? Well, it's a if question. It's a very uh, hypothetical question. We think uh, and we assume that uh, Ukraine will win this war. And there are also some kind of signs that uh, Ukraine is, uh, is progressing in, in this war. So I can't imagine that Russia is going to win this war. But of course, internally, probably uh, President Putin finds something to, uh, to claim, to tell the people that uh, we had, we gained something and that means we, uh, we uh, sort of won this war. Let's hope that Ukraine wins the war with Russia, all the more so, and I think this is very good news for the Estonians and for the Baltic countries, that Finland and Sweden already officially want to join NATO. Well, I start from, uh, from the end of what you said. That means uh, it's very good news for Europe and not only for Europe. So it's, uh, it's, we shouldn't start from, from Estonia or Baltic states. Of course, we are also part of Europe. So it is important uh, decision if it's going to be um, to made and the application sent to, uh, to Brussels to, uh, to join NATO. Because, yes, the situation is going to be completely different. I mean, and even the Baltic Sea is going to be a uh, inner sea or, or somebody says a lake you know, of, of uh, NATO countries surrounded it, surrounded uh, this Baltic Sea. So, and of course, especially Finland. Finland is quite well equipped militarily and has been a very good partner as well as Poland in, uh, in, and a good ally in different uh, military exercises here in the, in Estonia and uh, Springstorm and, and some others. So, uh, and then Finland and Sweden have taken part also in different, different exercises here. Do you think that this enlargement of NATO by Finland and Sweden will go without any problems? That there is no NATO country that will say no? Well, I, I'd like to rephrase it because it's not extension of, of NATO. It's uh, Finland and Sweden joining NATO. It's a completely different uh, thing. So they are joining NATO and their people wanted to join NATO. So, of course, and um, President Putin and uh, Minister Lavrov have already said that they, they take some measures to, uh, to prevent, prevent this. But I don't think it's... Uh, it's going to change anything in coming months. NATO countries are preparing for the summit in Madrid. What should be the outcome of the summit? What decisions should the alliance take so that NATO's eastern flank is secure against a possible Russian invasion? It's quite easy. We have been uh, telling this together with our Baltic presidents and Polish president already for a long time. We need permanent troops around here in, in the eastern flank. And even if uh, Finland and, uh, and Sweden join NATO, they still need these permanent, uh, permanent troops in, uh, in eastern flank. So uh, it is important. I think this is a main message we um, take to, to Madrid.
And is there a consensus among NATO countries today? And is there the strategic thought of the United States to have more troops in the Baltic states, in Poland, in Romania? I mean, we are continuously working on, on different levels, on president level, on, on prime minister level, or minister of defense level, and talking to uh, our um, allies about this. And, and as I said, even if uh, our northern uh, countries join uh, NATO, it doesn't make, uh, make a difference because it's a collective, collective defense institution and uh, uh, we should be able to uh, defend ourselves uh, very quickly. And we already know that most, I guess, not to say all, NATO members understand where the threat is, at least after the invasion of uh, Ukraine. And for today, how would you, Mr. President, define the security of Estonia, your country? Yes, it's a, well, we are talking about NATO all the time, but uh, every country, is Estonia included, uh, trying to... Uh, increase our military budget we had uh, increased already there is a plan to have 2.5 percent uh, uh, we put to, to military purposes in in coming years Lithuania already made this decision that's going to be 2.5 percent of a budget so uh, and we are training our people we are buying uh, necessary military equipment and so forth having these exercises over here so it's it's an ongoing process but as i said most important to have to have permanent uh, permanent troops in eastern flank shall we achieve that will we convince the united states and other countries to have permanent nato troops here well see it's only a couple of months to, to wait even less so uh, let's see so uh, but i am quite convinced that this is going to happen and this is actually a common position of the Baltic countries and Poland because Estonia cooperates very closely with Poland. Last Friday, President Andrzej Duda was in Tallinn and had a meeting with you. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we uh, coordinate our, our doings uh, uh, very often and then meet very often and to discuss this matter. So we don't have a different position about this uh, this NATO troops uh, in eastern flank. And how important is good and close cooperation with Poland for Estonia? Well, what what answer do you expect? I mean, the answer is always very close contacts and we are doing extremely well together. When I asked about the security of Estonia, I also thought about the Russian minority living in Estonia. Is this minority a threat to the security? Well, I have been visiting uh, recently also the northern eastern part of uh, of Estonia, where are mainly Russian speakers. Uh, the same in Tallinn, I visited uh, several schools, and in Narva, I talked to people uh, in Narva, where are, you should say ninety percent are Russian speakers. So I explained our position, and uh, of course, but according to survey, there are let's say eighteen percent. Uh, one eight percent of uh, people who, uh, yeah, really trust Russian television and, and trust what Putin says, but the rest is uh, is uh, still either thinking or they are pro-Estonia, pro-European uh, Union, and so forth. So, 
Uh, we closed down some some media channels, which are propaganda channels, and more and more people start watching Estonian TV in Russian. We have special programs, and we also increased the budget of these programs, including also private uh, broadcasters. So uh, things are changing, and. Of course, it's difficult for elderly people maybe to understand because they are still in, in this uh, Soviet nostalgia. But uh, the younger generation, they watch me different kinds of media and they understand uh, what's, what's going on in the world. So uh, uh, things are changing, maybe slowly, but, but surely. It is also because of the Russian minority living in Estonia that during yesterday's Leonard Mary conference, at the end of the conference, you asked what are the missiles against Russian propaganda? Yes, that was my final uh, question as a, as a, yeah, as a panelist there. So, um, but the answer was very clear, it's resilience. Uh, and, but uh, have to be, one has to be honest. Russian propaganda is extremely good, especially to Russian people in Russia. So uh, they have been working on it uh, for centuries almost, not centuries, but decades. So uh, it is difficult. It's not only these TV channels, it's, uh, it's uh, the whole thing. So, uh, but resilience is, uh, is a quite a nice answer we, we got from uh, Latvian Minister of, Minister of Defense. It is good that you have mentioned Latvian Minister of Defense, who surprised me with one statement when he said that Latvia has zero confidence in Germany when it comes to the whole German politics. Do you confirm this statement? Does such view exist also in Estonia? Well, it, 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 it was a bit strong, but of course uh, we understand that Germany is a, is a big country and uh, Germany has been dependent on Russian oil for, and from 1975 when they signed the agreement between Soviet Union and Germany. They uh, uh, don't uh, use uh, uh, coal anymore. They, they don't have uh, mm, military, sorry, uh, nuclear uh, plants. So uh, they are dependent. That means it takes time for uh, for Germany to uh, to uh, change things. But at least they have said uh, that um, they are going to do so. So that means we, I I trust I trust Germany because um, one has to. As the president of Poland, and if I get it well, also the politicians of the Baltic countries say, this German policy, which lasted for the whole period of Angela Merkel's government, and maybe even longer, this policy has gone bankrupt. Do you share this opinion? Well, we got a new chancellor now, and uh, not uh, not long time ago, and then the same with uh, President of France. So uh, we are looking for a leader uh, in Europe at the moment because it's old saying. If I call to from an American perspective, and I call to Europe, who can I call to? So that means we need a leader in Europe, and uh, we'll see who is going to be uh, leader because. It has to be from uh, from a big country. It can be also um, Polish president. So uh, let's see. Mm -hmm.
Mr. President, Europe is still considering more sanctions that are in place against Russia. So two questions. First, are the sanctions so far effective? What should they be to effectively stop Putin's war machine? Of course, the most effective sanction if we stop buying oil and, and gas from, from Russia. This is the most important uh, sanction. And we in Estonia and, and other Baltic countries, we stop using, uh, using gas from, from Russia. And this new uh, pipeline or connection between Lithuania and, and Poland, which you opened a week ago, is also uh, is very important because connections are, are extremely valuable in this situation. So uh, these kind of sanctions, they are, I guess, most important. Of course, there have been sanctions which are milder and we don't know the result of these sanctions because they are long-term sanctions. But uh, I guess these sanctions do work and, and will work. So uh, now we are talking about uh, sanctions in the so-called sixth package. It's, it's going more and more difficult every time, of course, because it does affect also the country uh, who uh, provides these kind of sanctions. So we have to live with it. And we see also here that prices are going up, inflation and so forth. But it's uh, nothing compared to, uh, to war in Ukraine and uh, what we have to uh, they have to uh, suffer that it's uh, completely different. So we have to continue with the sanctions. And will there be a European consensus? In your opinion, has the European Union passed the test of solidarity in the time after the 24th of February? We have had two tests, actually. The first one was COVID. So it was also, uh, we finally... Uh, realize that we have to be united and now the same with uh, with war in ukraine so uh, i guess so yes of course there are always minor differences and misunderstandings but this is a part of a life it's a part of a politics so we have to be just very careful and uh, look what's going to what one uh, one other politician says and what one uh, other country how they behave, but uh, I think the unity is there, and uh, and I can't imagine that after the war has um, ended, we go back to this, uh, you know, business as usual. So it's uh, it's a different world, and it's going to be a different world. And we can try to describe this other world from the geopolitical point of view, because so far the questions referred to Ukraine and to our part of Europe, or to Europe. But there is also China, there is also India. If you look at the whole world, what conclusions can be drawn for today? Who is who in this world? Well, as far as this Ukraine war is, is concerned, of course, it's, uh, they haven't taken a clear position at the moment. I know, no India, no China. But uh, you understand, Estonia has 1.3 million population. India has 1.3 billion, the same with China. So they are big players in the world. So, uh, and nobody wants to even isolate in future Russia. Because we have to deal with Russia as well. Because isolation or making Russia out like, let's say, um, North Korea, this is not the result. But uh, you have to talk to um, big players and find consensus and, and so forth. And, of course, it's a challenge, as U.S. has said. China is a challenge, not an enemy. So it is a challenge. Dla wszystkich to wielki znak zapytania. Pan... 
It is a big question mark for everybody. I am looking for a question which I haven't asked. This is a question to the director of the Estonian National Museum. Mr. President, what does it mean to be Estonian? What does it mean to be an Estonian? Well, it's a, it's a tough question. I am an Estonian and I, I don't have to be Estonian. So uh, I guess the uh, main task is to, uh, to keep our language, culture and be part of Europe and the world. And uh, also not to be a big player, but important player, um, how, we, uh, how our world is going to develop in coming decades and centuries. And to end our conversation, can we ask for a word in Estonian to the listeners of Radio Vnet? It is impossible not to agree with the president of Estonia. But you can cut it off. I mean, you can have only a small sentence from, from here. Thank you very much for the interview. Thank you very much. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 